Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Morning, church. Um, I, uh, I first of all want to, if we can give the setup guys a hand. This was all guys. Like, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, so, so thanks for the setup. We, we are all quite proud. I think it actually looks pretty. Um, and um, so today we have five sermons, one sermon per chair. We thought that no one watches rugby anyways, so <laughs> kidding. Um, we, have, we did it about a month ago with Women's Day. We did a, a women's panel, and we heard from the, the ladies and the women in our church just what the Lord has been doing in, in some few specific lives. And, um, you know, and <laughs> when we spoke about this in the office, we were like, what about the men? Like, where's, where's a men's day? Why did we have a men's day? So we just claimed Bride Day, which is Heritage Day. So we were like, that is men's day in our eyes. Uh, so that's next weekend, but our panel is this weekend. Um, so I want to welcome um, the, the guys that we have on the panel today. Um, and obviously, every single one of us sitting here has a testimony. These are just a few select ones. Uh, but I want to encourage you, as, as the testimonies are shared, um, to also reflect on what the Lord has done on your, in your life this year. Um, and even, not just this year, but in your life in general. I think we often move past our testimonies too quickly. Um, and we were speak, I was speaking to someone this week, and they said, um, and we were speaking about it, and I was like, when's the last time you've shared your salvation testimony in detail with someone? Um, and I, I think sometimes we need to share that again with ourselves. So uh, I'm going to welcome Henny and Lucas and Jonathan and Hanan. I welcome you guys. Okay, I'll take the, this one. So I just get to pass the mic, which is fun. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Um, so I've, yeah, I've just asked each and every single one of them to prepare a testimony of what the Lord has placed on their hearts. Uh, and, um, yeah, I actually asked Danny to also be on the panel because I don't think we often get to hear his testimonies. So I think that's going to be really encouraging. So Henny, um, we're happy to start with you. Okay. <laughs> Great. No, I, um, I just wanted to share with you how our God sort of called me into ministry, and I'm, I'm sure um, some of you have heard the testimony. But, um, you know, Lou was telling me, you know, when, when he tells people, yeah, yeah, and he's actually an introvert, then some people are like, what? Because, you know, obviously people only see me at church, see me, you know, preaching and interacting with people. Uh, and obviously when I come to church, I'm excited to see you guys. I, I enjoy seeing you, so I want to I say hi, I want to chat with you a bit and so on. Um, but I am actually an introvert. I'm, I'm actually like a serious introvert, not just an introvert, a serious introvert. Um, you know what they say, um, how do you know? I studied engineering, by the way, chem chemical engineering. And they say, how do you know that an engineer um, is an extrovert or an introvert? If if an engineer is is an extrovert, he looks at your shoes. If an engineer is an introvert, he looks at his own shoes <laughs> while he's talking to you. So <laughs> I'm both an engineer and an introvert, so I'm a, like a serious introvert. 
And, you know, if I, I, I was like really afraid of people and, and terrified of speaking in front of people. My, my worst nightmare at school were orals. Um, so so if, if, if you had to pick someone based on, on skills and competence and temperament and all of that to be a pastor, you wouldn't have picked me. You would not have picked me. I would not have picked me. Okay? Uh, and yet, um, you know, God obviously had plans. That, uh, I, had, I had no ambitions to be in the ministry whatsoever. Uh, I, I always thought I'd be involved in ministry. And, you know, when um, you know, I went to Stellenbosch in 96 to go and study, um, I, I got very involved in, in, in the worship team. I got involved in intercession. I eventually to my surprise, was appointed as a small group facilitator, um, all, you know, also out of my comfort zone. Um, and ev- eventually, um, you know, God, I, I used to, I had a bursary, so I used to come up here to the, uh, you know, to the mines to, to do like two months of vacation work. And a friend of mine took me to a church sort of in the, in the West Rand somewhere. And I remember it was around Christmas because there was like a Christmas tree set up on the stage. And I don't remember much of the service, except, you know, I responded to the altar call, and lots of people had responded, and the pastor was prophesying over people. And, and he pointed at me, and he said, you, the calling of God's going to come upon you suddenly. That was, that was in my second year, sort of the December holiday of my second year. And I, I had no idea what, what calling of God's going to come upon me suddenly. What, did, what does that even mean, you know? I had no idea. So I, I basically, you know, put it in, in my back pocket and, and sort of forgot about it. Um, and, you know, Rochelle and I became friends. We eventually got married, you know, in Stellenbosch. She started working at the CSIR. I was um, working at the university for about a year. And I just started working at a, uh, at a new place when Pastor Fred, who, who planted uh, the shofar in, in Stellenbosch, one Thursday, he called me up, and he said to me, he started asking me a few questions like, are you computer literate? You know, how's, how's your computer skills and so on? I said, no, I studied engineering. We work a lot with co- computers. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty decent with computers. And um, he said, yeah, he, 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 wants, he wants me to come work at the church office. Um, and he didn't even say as what. <laughs> there was no job description or any, any such thing. He just said he wants me to work at the office. And, you know, I can take my time and pray about it. He just wants to know by Sunday. <laughs> and uh, Rochelle and I had plans. It was in those days when you could get that two-year working visa to go to, to, to England. You know, and we had plans to go to London. A lot of our friends had gone over to, to London to go and um, work there. So that was, that was our plan, you know. And um, we prayed about it, and, you know, God didn't even speak to me. He spoke to my wife. And, and Rochelle got a word that we must lay our Isaacs on the altar. And, and we interpreted that as meaning that we must lay our plans on the altar. And so, so we did it and, and, and accepted. And um, about sort of two, two odd weeks into, you know, working at the church office, um, Fred said, um, 
to see us. Oh, yeah, and remember to put um, Annie and Andre on the preaching roster. That's, all, that's after all why we got them. And Andre and I looked at each other like this. Because <laughs> that's, that's really, that's the first we heard of it. There was no induction. There was no job description, nothing. We didn't know that they wanted us to be pastors. We just, we just, uh, they just told us that they wanted us to come and uh, work at the, at the church office. And so, you know, two weeks after that, um, I, I remember driving to to uh, Tigerberg, to, to the congregation there to go and preach my first sermon. Uh, and that's when I remembered the prophecy, the calling of God's going to come upon you suddenly. Uh, and I thought, you know, we so easily disqualify ourselves from certain ministries because we don't think we have the skills or the abilities to do it. But, you know, God, God's grace is sufficient for us. God can do in us and through us what we, what things that we we, we wouldn't think we'd be able to do. You know, so what, what I want to encourage you with is don't, don't limit God in your head. Don't limit God with your limitations. You know, Peter could have said, I, I don't know how to walk on water. I've never done it before. I'm not qualified to walk on water. Obviously you're not. <laughs> but, but that's why God's grace is there, and that's why God's miraculous power is there, so that he can enable you to do what you couldn't do by yourself. And, he, and if he did it for me, he can do it for you, for all of us. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to share a bit about my testimony, how I came to, you know, know the Lord, um, you know, my salvation testimony. So, um, it, it really started uh, uh, many years ago um, when I was uh, still in, in, in school, uh, so, so it's, a, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase it. So what happened is, is my father passed away when I was 14, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, so when you don't have a, like a father figure, you tend to like do your own thing and nobody tells you what to do, um, so you become mischievous. Um, anyways, so what my decision was is, is I decided um, just before that I, I was actually, you know, relatively okay in academics and, and so on. Uh, so I was sort of like the top 10 student. Um, I was trying to push to beat number one. But uh, anyway, so when my father passed away, um, yeah, I decided, you know, I wanted, to be, I wanted to be cool. Because my brother, I've got a twin brother and an older brother, and they were like totally opposite to me. Um, and they were getting a lot of like uh, invited to cool parties and stuff. And I was always neglected out of that. And I decided, you know, I want to be a... I want to be cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, you know, because it is what it is. So, so then I went and I said, well, I'm going to have to start smoking cigarettes and so on. So I forced myself to smoke even though I don't like it. Um, but what happened is because I compromised on that, um, I really did become more of the popular one and all my good friends, the ones that's friends still today and the ones that I made, you know, most of them aren't here today. Um, I lost those friends, but they're friends back today, again, since I became a Christian. But back then, um, I made new friends, which wasn't so great. Um, anyway, so one thing led to another. You keep on compromising, compromising, and uh, yeah, so I ended up being uh, in a very bad space. Um, so fast forward about eight years later, um, you know, then I obviously met my wife, Charlene. We met in, in high school. So um, if we fast forward eight years later, then my, one of my family members um, asked me, um, to come to church because he's going to be baptized. And, you know, I didn't want to not go there. Um, I wanted to support him. So, so that's uh, a very uh, important thing. If, uh, if you're going to get baptized in something like that, you invite your friends and so on. It's actually got an impact on other people. 
Um, nonetheless, I was going to church, and I, I remember going to church that day, um, and um, yeah, the sermon was about, um, it was Judges 14, 16 to, you know, Samson, and the way that the pastor portrayed um, Samson and God was more like a, you know, very strong man, a masculine, masculine God, and wherever I was during, you know, that time when I was growing up, I didn't really see God as, you know, very strong, you know, because they portray him very feminine in the churches, um, so I just never thought that he could be, you know, strong in the cases where I was, you know, um, in the places where I was, where I was uh, spending my time. Um, but none of this. So then I saw that and it just came to my realize. Uh, well, I realized that, you know, God is pretty strong. And if you look at um, the Samson story, he also compromised a lot. And the compromise um, really ended up him being, um, you know, there's a consequence to it. So I had to then um, start making some changes. Um, but then I realized that really to be strong, you know, you have to accept you know, Christ, he's really the strongest that you can, that you can find. So it's really the strength of God that uh, compelled me to go in that direction. But I wasn't saved immediately, right? It took me another year, you know? So, so that's what I love about this church. Sanctification is a process, and it's still today. Like, this is probably 12 years ago, so it's, it's a long time. Still being um, sanctified today. But anyway, so a year later, then we started going to home cell, which is obviously very important. And then a year later, we only got baptized. Um, uh, when, when I say we, it's... it's uh, my wife as well, so we got baptized, and then we got married, and uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a very, um, very challenging thing for me um, to grow up without a father, and then, you know, you go into places where, um, you know, you, you, you're with friends um, that uh, you end up, um, I'm, I'm going to just use an example, I'm not sure if anybody remember that movie, Train Spotting. Um, it's a pretty hectic movie, but anyways, and I was looking at my brother the one day, and we were going to this house party, this was now after school. And I said to him, listen, once your parties become looking like train spotting, then there's something wrong. So <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. And then we made a decision to get out. They, my brother struggled a bit longer with, you know, the addictions, um, you know, the narcotic addictions and so on. So that's a bit of my history that I'm not too proud of. But it's, it's luckily it's been the Lord redeemed me from that addiction. Um, some of my friends in that place, um, they never came out. They um, about most of them passed, passed on. So um, some of them got saved in between, but um, yeah, so it was a very difficult um, time. So, um, but nonetheless, the, the Lord saved me from, from that addiction and all the, those addictions, and you know, and then it was a process, and um, yeah, and from there onwards, it's uh, basically sort of going to home, sort of going to church, and then we were at Pastor Nas. He, he's passed away from cancer uh, last year, which is pretty sad, um, but we went to um, Pastor Nas's, and he gave us an altar call, and then I just went to the front, but I, I believe that was the day that I committed, because I knew you're going to have to sacrifice the things that you want, and I wasn't willing to do that, but from the day that sermon from Samson was there, um, to show to me that there's actually, you know, because normally when you think about someone strong, you think about maybe, I'm, I don't watch WWE, but generally like the UFC, that's a strong guy, you know what I mean? But that's actually not strong. That's just, it's, it's actually pretty weak. Um, not, 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 not getting those guys. But so, so the biggest message for me that I want to say, um, I'm not sure if this can relate to anyone, but no matter how difficult the challenges are, that you're struggling, how big the mountains are, it might be big and tough for you to get over it, but it's, it's not in our strength that we anyways rely on this, because the more I realized how strong God was, the more I realized how weak I am, and I, it's okay, it's okay, it's, it's actually when at my end that God took over, and he basically, so I just said to him, 
Um, this is enough from our side. So just when your mountain is too big, don't rely on your own strength. Just rely on God's strength. And, uh, you know, he's a loving father. So I want to encourage you guys to um, spend time with, with him as a father. Um, and if, uh, yeah, if your father is still here, please spend time with him. You never know when that time is when he's not here. So treasure, or what's the right word? Um, appreciate the re- relationships, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah do that. Um, and then that's, a, that's a my, my story. <laughs> Amen. I just want to just want to mention something. Um, I I barely knew Lucas, and uh, the first time I got to speak to him for like ten minutes, uh, something that struck me so much. And even hearing his testimony now, he said to me like, one thing he's always wanted to be is a dad. Um, and it was so it was so amazing for me because like you hear a lot of men being like, uh, you know, I just want to be successful. I want to be, have this position, um, and it was such a striking thing for me. To, to, for Lucas to say, all I've ever wanted to be is a dad. Um, and I think, you know, on, on the back of your testimony as well, Lucas, you not having a dad, it's, it's often beautiful for me how the Lord uses the things in our lives that we never had a reference for. And he, he uh, gives us that perfect image of a father and he allows us to step into the space where we couldn't be. Um, and Eddie, yeah, just giving me a scripture. Um, but, he, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Um, and I th- so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I think that's exactly like what testimonies do. So thank you for sharing that, Lucas. Mr. Mirage. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, so uh, for those who don't know me, my name is uh, Jonathan, and yeah, so I'm actually going to be sharing my testimony. Can you guys hear me? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, so, so I'm actually going to be sharing my testimony as uh, from after I got saved, um, j- just my journey of sonship and, and what that looked like. So um, yeah, so from my side, um, so I actually got saved in 2020, um, just at the brink of, um, of COVID, um, just at the beginning, was a special time and everything, but um, um, what had happened was after I got saved, I was still struggling with quite a lot of stuff. Um, so, um, so after doing Legacy, after doing Liberty, there was something that was still um, challenging me and, and really not making me feel like um, who God had called me to be. I was feeling like an orphan. And um, during the process of, of, uh, of being saved, of coming to church, I would sing all the songs. I would do all the activities. Um, I would be around all the people but I still felt like an orphan, and that was very challenging. Um, and yeah, and then um, f- f- from there, um, what was really bugging me the most is that the frame reference that I had of family, friendship, um, um, life, finances, all came from, from my family. So, so, from my, so from my father's side, um, I'm one of 20 kids, so that really um, broke me. Uh, like it really broke me and for my mom's side is that um, she actually couldn't be around when she was parenting us and everything and that was really like a whole combination of feeling like an orphan of feeling that even though I know God now I still don't know him as my father and um, from that um, um, from doing legacy from doing liberty being a church and everything I was still feeling isolated and everything and eventually uh, I actually met my father last year and um 
at that moment, I was looking for restoration. I was looking for, for friendship. I was finally looking for something that, um, to say that this is my father and, um, and, and, and for him to call me his son. Um, but at that point, I actually didn't get that, which was really heartbreaking, but it was such a blessing um, because um, at that moment, I wanted redemption that looked a certain way, but for God, uh, it looked a certain, a different way. You know, so for my father, um, coming out of that, uh, so I met him for like a good one month or so. So for my father, so seeing him, meeting him and everything, um, at that moment, um, he left and everything, and it was all chaos after that. Um, and um, I actually remember during that time, I joined my new small group. Um, I would met my girlfriend, now my fiance, and it was just a... <laughs> so uh, it was really... Um, like a whole process, and I wasn't content with not being a son to my father. I wanted to be, uh, 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 I actually wanted to be a son to God, but it was very difficult to actually open up my heart after that. And so, so after he left, um, so many people know me from my small group and from d- different other activities. I speak a lot. I'm always around people. I'm always the loudest. And always trying to, uh, like, I'm always trying to connect with people. I'm always trying to get to know new people. And for a good month, I crashed. You know, like, for a good month, I wasn't anywhere. I was just in pain. Um, I actually remember um, one of the mornings, um, I actually woke up, and I called Hanan here as my small group leader. Uh, so, so, so I called him um, because all the previous small groups, I, I, I was dead. You know, like, I would sit there. And I wouldn't say a word. Like, they'd say, let's pray. And I would always be the first. And I was like, I, I don't want to pray. And, uh, and I remember calling him and just bawling out. I remember going to Louis. I'm like, dude, like, like I'm struggling to, to really be a son. And everyone kept leading me back to the word, back to the word. But uh, it's something that n- never settled. And um, f- um, um, from that, um, sorry, guys, I, I had to write this. Um, I actually came to church one day. Um, so, so during the whole process of, 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 of not feeling like a son and everything like that, I, um, like Steffi was around and my small group and, and everyone who was near me was really holding me together. And I remember there was a day I came to church and we were singing Good Father. And I was like, this is the last song I want to sing. You know, like I was like, I want to go to the toilet. I, I just want to run away now. And, you know, and, and, and I remember the person leading the, 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 the worship kept saying, come on, church, repeat that. And I'm like, no, man, don't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, like, at that moment, like, God really met me. He really met me. And he said something so simple, but it finally dropped. You know, he was like, dude, do you believe? Th-? Yes, he calls me dude sometimes. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, uh, but, but God, I felt God really asked me that, does Steffi love you? I'm like, yeah, man, Steffi's a good woman to me. Like, she, she loves me, dude. Like, it's like, do your brothers love you? Like, the, the brothers around you in Christ? I'm like, yeah, they love me. And it's like, but I love you more. And it dropped. It was so simple, but it, but it finally dropped because, um, because all the references of, of love that I was getting from the past wasn't pure. But, you know, the, but the love that I was getting from my community, um, from, from my partner and, and, and my brothers, my sisters, it, it finally synced. And after that like like i started approaching god's word in a sense of belief it wasn't just a word anymore it was just like wow this word here is actually true and what happened um sometimes i think he says i think it's a five inch drop from 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 your mind to your heart it finally dropped and once it dropped i was like 
this is it, this is it. And there was such a, a quick change. And after like, um, God met me, because my frame of reference from, from brotherhood, marriage, or, or, or finances was all from my family. And now it's all from, from the Bible. It's, it's all from God, and it finally synced. And um, um, seeing marriage as a covenant, not as a contract anymore. Um, uh, being able to, being challenged by my, by my brothers because daily I'm getting challenged in the word. So when a brother comes up to me and says, hey, dude, like, like I think you're stepping out of line in this sense. God has been challenging me in my um, um, secret place. And um, from that, um, I actually saw that the outflow of my life wasn't from my, um, um, what you call this, um, strength, it was actually out of God's now. So the outflow of everything from the love that I was given, from, from, from um, the serving that I was doing, it wasn't out of my strength anymore. It wasn't out of my, my power. It wasn't out of um, my family trauma. It wasn't out of my, my performance or anything. And what I learned from God um, at that point is sonship is for everyone. God's love was always available for me. It's just I had to respond. I had to do something. I had to actually open up my heart for that. And I actually um, saw that at that moment, it wasn't about me. You know, like what I was going through, that pain and everything, it wasn't about me. But God still cared for me. You know, like, like he wasn't using me as a, 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 like almost as a toy. Like you have, to go th- you have to go through this. He actually knew me by name and he still knows me by name. And um, yeah, like from that, uh, one thing I also got from that is that sonship does not lead you to isolation. It leads you to the secret place. And from the secret place, it leads you to community. It leads you to give to others, you know, to actually love others because you finally, uh, like your, 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 your inflow and outflow is actually from God and, and not from, um, from me or, or from my, my family or from my friends. Uh, my, my attitude doesn't need to change to anyone. Because where, where I'm getting my sonship from is from God. And, um, yeah, and, and, and look, like the biggest testimony uh, out of everything that I shared is that all the testimonies lie in sonship. You know, uh, like the testimony is that, yes, I have a fiancé now, but um, yes, I have brothers. Yes, I have like a good job and everything. But the sweetest testimony is that I'm a son now. I believe that I'm a son, uh, and I walk in that position and in that authority. So that's my testimony. Yeah. Hello, church. Um, my name is Hanan. Um, I feel quite unqualified <laughs> to speak after this. Um, I'll just share a, a testimony that I experienced during, um, just at my work um, that happened earlier this year. And um, and so my work uh, happens in, in, in four-month rotations. And so the rotation I did um, previously, a bit earlier this year, uh, was with a, a boss, we call them consultants, um, that was a very broken and unsaved man. And he um, had, was extremely verbally abusive, very temper- temperamental, it bordered uh, on bullying, you know, abused his authority, um, uh, would shout most days, um, falsely accuse, uh, etc. So I can keep on forever. Um, so it was extremely traumatic time for me. Um, my small group and so my wife, Yani, she heard of it every day. Um, and so I just want to share what, what the Lord... So, um, 
taught me. In a time, uh, I, I think the natural advice is uh, grow a thick skin. I mean, just shrug it. Um, who's this guy? Um, I've learned uh, through that that it's n- not how we were wired. All right? So p- words affect us. And so the Lord taught me, come process it with me. All right? So don't, don't just, just ignore it or try and like, forget about it. Um, come, come, I want to I have a conversation about it. And so he taught me a few things. Um, and it, it grew my character. The first thing he taught me is that this season is discipline that comes from him. And that I must see it as him uh, teaching me. Even though this boss of mine doesn't have a clue what he's doing, Right? Um, and so I said, fine, Lord, I, I want to learn what I need to learn because it's so painful. I don't want to, like, miss what I, what I can learn, okay? And so he, he, there was really three things that, that stood out for me. And, and the first thing is he wanted to teach me to, to honor authority. And I was reminded of David's story um, where Saul was hunting him, and he um, honored the authority that God placed there and didn't raise his hand against him. And uh, when Saul was killed, he killed the guy who bragged about it and wrote a song about Saul. Um, And it's a radical story for me. It always challenges my heart. And in that time, I was like, God placed him in authority above me, and I was always honor him. Even though he's abusing it, it's not my problem. And, um, yeah, through the, um, the Lord's grace, I never retaliated or reacted to it. I could keep him at arm's length. And, um, and it was really God's grace. Um, the, yeah, so then the, the second thing is pretty much what I said in the beginning was that, that trials come from him, and it's for my character building. So rejoice in it, Okay. It wasn't easy, but yeah, keep it there. Um, and then the last thing was to value his opinion. So he said, okay, I get accused and uh, criticized by this upline, by this boss, which actually um, his opinion matters to some extent. Um, but whose opinion do I value the most? Um, and and so I get the accusation from him, but I get affirmation from from my father. And um, yeah, the Lord just taught me. Um, uh, obviously, I'm not perfect in my job, so some of it is true, and I need to process and change the way I work. But some of it is just untrue. And now the Lord said, "Okay, um, if it's untrue, just um, see it and call it as untruth." And he wanted me to hear what is truth. So it's not just saying no to one thing, but saying yes to the Father's affirmation. And um, yeah, and the Lord just affirmed me in that time. And, um, and he taught me how to honor or to value his opinion. And the scripture that came to mind in, was that uh, Romans um, 8 and verse 31, he says, if God's for us, who can be against us? And um, what I um, gathered from it is not that 
this guy is my enemy and God's going to sort him out. But rather that if his opinion of me and criticism of me is against me, but God's opinion and affirmation is for me, what can stand? What can stand? And um, so this carried on for three months straight. Like, no difference. It was almost overnight. His his dealing with me changed. It was just for the last month was just compliments. To such an extent, it was uncomfortable. (laughs) That... Yeah, and, and I can just honor the Lord for that, um, so that he kept me, um, yeah, and, and, and taught me and built my character, and in the end, I really um, had such a pleasant time, and he um, actually restored so much um, in, in, a, in a very short time. Um, yeah, that's it. I was going to see how the time goes, um, but I'll, I'll quickly share. I think it's it's a little bit more for uh, it's a it's a family testimony for us, um, but I um, and I'll sort of share a little bit of what the Lord has also taught me in this time. But um, last year, and I've I've shared this a few times, but I I just believe the Lord's been doing a lot through this testimony. But um, last year, my wife and I, um, I think it was early January last year. Um, we had a, a miscarriage at 12 weeks, um, and um, it, it was it was really it was really tough. Um, just to give context, three yeah, almost three years ago now, um, the Lord woke me up one night and said, um, "I'm going to give you a promise. I'm giving you a promise that I'll give you a son." Um, and and he he said that his name will be Samson, and. Um, and so the Lord gave me very specific promise, and aside, uh, besides that promise, He gave us a, another promise as well. Um, and in this first week that we, or the, the week that we found out that we were pregnant, the other promise actually came true. And so we were obviously blown away. Um, we were, we were like, "Wow, Lord, both promises coming to fruition in the same week, amazing!" And then twelve weeks later. We go in for a scan, and there's no heartbeat, um, and and it was it was really difficult to process, um, you know. And one of the most difficult things to process was God's goodness and God's faithfulness. Um, you had a lot of questions, you know. We we were wondering, okay, Lord, is this is this Samson that that we lost now? Because um, in your eyes, he's still alive, you know. He's he's not dead. Um, so should we see it that way? Um, and and we were really wrestling with the Lord's promises. Um, and and so I think it was a two three months later, we fell pregnant again, and um, and we were obviously extremely excited. Um, and again at the twelve week scan, we actually found out that there were a few difficulties um, with um, the baby's health. Um, and basically the doctor said there's no ways the baby will um, live a normal life. Um, and and we, I remember we had a big group um, worship evening, and, and we, we gathered and we really trusted the Lord for healing. Um, we really, really trusted the Lord for healing, and I remember two people came up to me and said, like, they really feel 
that the Lord healed your baby. Um, and, um, and I even drove home that night and I phoned Kat and I was like, I feel like there's a shift. Um, and, um, you know, even like Hanan and Yanni, they were also prayed for that evening. And, 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 and I, I share this because I think these are sometimes real struggles we have to work with. Um, at 15 weeks, um, Kat went into labor. Um, and, and we lost the baby as well. And today, Elsa, that baby that was prayed for for Hanan and Yanni is here. She's right there in the back and she's healthy. Um, and, and I think for us as Christians, sometimes when stuff like that happens, you, it, it feels, it's, feel, it's so quick to feel unfair. It's so quick to be like, Lord, but what about me? Um, what about my needs? What about my wants? Um, do you not see me? Um, and the Lord really challenged us to be, to lay these things down, um, to celebrate others, um, to care for others, to be with others, even in the break disease, to tell our friends, listen, don't you dare feel bad. We will celebrate you. Um, and, and then end of last year, I did a, a sermon um, on Hebrews 11 called By Faith. And, um, and I, I was sharing about the miscarriages um, and it's actually amazing. A week after that, we found out that we were pregnant again. Um, and Samson is here today. He's a... Yeah. Um, and uh, Friday, he's a month. He was a month old. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's, um, but it's, it's been a long time waiting and trusting and wrestling um, and and probably one of the biggest lessons the Lord taught me was um, never to rely on just your experience. Um, before our miscarriages, um, I had lost two parents. Catherine had lost a parent. Like we we had experienced loss before. Um, and and when the miscarriages happened, I really you know I felt like I've been through this, and know how to deal with it. You know, this is what I did previously. This is how the Lord met me. And I just realized every single baby, every single time, the Lord met me differently. There was a different need. There was a different thing that the Lord wanted to um, to work with. And, and one of the main things I just may, maybe want to leave with you is I quickly realized that um, in most things I wanted to diagnose when I picked up that something was wrong. I, I looked at the physical and I was like, okay, I'm not sick. And then, and I would, I would look at the spiritual, um, but I never allowed the Lord to to come and like work through the emotions, to come work through uh, my emotional health. And the Lord showed me something, and He said, like you know, when when you're sick, you get medicine. Um, when when you are, feel like something spiritually, you ask a friend to phone you. But when you pick up your emotions and stuff is not okay, like you actually do nothing to it. Um, and, and the Lord just showed me, like, it's, it's as important to look after all the, all the areas of your life, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Um, and, and I think, I'm, I'm just generalizing, but I think for us as men, sometimes there's this perspective that we cannot be vulnerable. We cannot, you know, big boys don't cry, that type of perspective. And, and I think that's something that the Lord's changing in men in general, and I, I believe that the Lord is busy raising up men like David, that we can be 
unclothed, like uh, not unclothed, <laughs> that we can be vulnerable before the Lord, um, you know, and that we not can only lead in, in, in the word and in our homes, but also lead in vulnerability, lead in humility. Um, and uh, that's really something the Lord taught me just to really trust him in that, um, in that space and to really allow him to come and heal properly, to let no, to let no strings um, leave untouched, but to let him really touch every single part and heal it fully. Um, yeah, amen. So, I, I just want to maybe end off with a scripture for us. Um, it's a scripture we as a small group really wrestled with, um, and it's James 2 to um, 5, and it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking anything. And I, I just wanted to leave us with that scripture, um, you know, uh, considering it pure joy. Uh, I thought of, um, you know, if you had to write down all the events in your life, um, can you tick the joy box next to every single one? Um, have you allowed the Lord to really come into those areas and to really show you that every single part, whether good or bad in your life, God can take and he can turn that into something that can bring him glory, something that can transform that, like that scripture we read, that weakness, and God can make that a strength. Um, and and we've been preaching in Galatians a lot about maturity, but I think that is something that is, oh, sorry, in Colossians, not Galatians. Uh, we've been sp- preaching about maturity, um, and I think James is, is quite spot on in saying that when we allow God to take us through our lives, not just the future, not just the present, but even the past, and we are able to look at everything and to count the joy, um, knowing, knowing that he is faithful, that he can turn anything that we go through into a testimony, um, uh, that, that it, it actually changes it into joy. Um, and so I just want to pray for us, um, and I want to encourage you to look for opportunities and to ask for opportunities from the Lord to share your testimony. Um, you know, the smallest things when you tell someone good news, just adding, um, you know, the Lord blessed us. I've really seen sometimes people's faces like twitch when, when people say like, oh, you have a beautiful home. And you're like, yeah, the Lord's really blessed us. And people are like, they don't know how to respond. Um, and, but these are the small things where we can give honor and glory to God. It doesn't need to be 10 minutes to sit down and we tell you a testimony. Um, but we can honor God in everything. Um, and so I just want to encourage you in that. Let me pray for us. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord, this morning that, uh, that we can think back, Father God, of your faithfulness. Um, Lord, and thank you that, like your word says in Hebrews, Lord, that you are yesterday, today, and forever the same, Lord. And thank you, Father God, that we can just stand on that, Lord, that we know that we serve a God, Lord, who is the same. A God who is forever faithful, Lord. And in the same way, Lord, how you told the Israelites to, to build memorials um, so that they can teach and show their children, Lord, of what you've done, Lord. I pray for every single one of us, Lord, 
that uh, you will help us, Holy Spirit, to build memorials every single day of our lives, Lord. Um, and that when, when the days get tough, Father God, when we feel like we are losing strength, Father God, that you will just turn our eyes, Lord, to all the memorials you've built with us, Lord. All the memorials, Lord, that point to you and your faithfulness and your goodness, Lord. And, and I pray, Father God, that the, the highest memorial of all will be your cross, Lord. Uh, we will never forget, Father God, what you've done for us on the cross, Lord. Uh, that you've paid the highest price. Um, that you love us, Lord. That you call us sons and daughters, Lord Jesus. Lord, and I just um, pray just for a boldness for each and every single one of us. Uh, to really see opportunities, Lord. To, to bring glory to your name this week, Father God. That we would have opportunities with the the colleagues and and the bosses lord even those we don't like or those that are mean to us lord that you would give us time with them to share our testimonies lord Um, that we would proclaim you father god in the workplace lord in the family wherever we are lord and i also pray lord for those who feel like i don't feel like i have a testimony lord i pray that holy spirit that you will bring to remembrance many things that you have done in their lives lord many places where you were where they felt that you were not lord so i thank you lord just for the testimonies lord that will come out of today's service lord and we we honor you and we glorify you lord in jesus name amen thanks for listening to this message from shofar joburg may the grace you receive produce god's greatest glory and your greatest good For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.